Felcher, host of the Kid Fun and More podcast on Word of Mom Radio. I've written several books on creative play for kids, including my latest, Kid Fun 401 Easy Ideas for Play. On our podcast, we'll talk to people who care about kids in many different ways. Experts, entrepreneurs, psychologists, parents, teachers, and others. While learning about their line of work and special interests, We'll also talk about their memories of fun they had when they were young. I'll also share a kid fun tip that we hope will enrich your experience with kids. And now it's time for our guest. I'm really excited for today's kid fun and more because my guest is a very special person in my life. Patrice Samara is a lifelong entrepreneur. She's the author of the book series Alphabet Kids and is the founder and president of Triumph Communications Group and the COO of Wordy, that's W-O-R-D-E-E-E, a publishing and media company, an in-demand presenter and public speaker, Emmy winner, Samara, well, Patrice, has 30 plus years proven track record as a global strategic business and branding advisor and producer of films, events, edutainment for Fortune 500 and nonprofit companies working in 40 plus countries. Oh my God, Patrice, how do you possibly do all this? I'm so happy to be with you, Charlotte. Thanks so much for inviting me. Well, an official welcome to Kid Fun and More, and you know all about Kid Fun. But before we tell why, I want you to talk to us about Alphabet Kids. You're widely known as the author of this book series. But tell us about it. When did it start and how many books are there in the premise? I'm very, very proud of it. And I'm proud to say that the idea was created by a woman named Allegra Joyce Casson. And Allegra is a very, very special woman. She is extremely philanthropic, really was looking for books for her children to talk about life and multicultural because she is a multicultural person herself and her family. And she came up with the idea of the alphabet kids, but really did not know how to develop it. She tried to do it herself. She is not a writer and not a developer of properties, but we were connected through the proverbial grapevine, which I totally believe in because there are six degrees of separation well, networking, there's nothing better than that. Exactly. And you never, ever know where you will meet someone. So that brings me to one of my first things. You should be kind and treat everyone you meet exactly the same. And hopefully that's with great respect and caring. So I met with Allegra Joyce and she told me about what she was trying to do. And I took a look at it. 
and she had sort of a framework of what she wanted to do and had some characters developed, uh, et cetera. And they said, well, let me take a look at this and give me a month or two to review it. So I did, and I came back to her and said, I love this, but I really need to put my imprimatur on it and work with the characters and develop them further. She originally had 26 characters. Oh, my God. And <laughs> so what we, we ended up with, and she and I have a wonderful collaboration. She's a fabulous, fabulous woman. She has five children of her own, and she has about 20 grandchildren and going strong. What we did was we created the Alphabet Kids, and they are five children. They're almost like my own children. Tell us their names. Their names are Allegra, Elena, Isaac, Oni, Umar, and Yang. And I will break down for you who they are. Allegra is Italian-American. Elena is Hispanic-American, Latina. Isaac is Jewish-American. Oni is African-American. Umar is Arab-American. And Yang is, I will say, Chinese or Far East of Far East descent. So we have a, a melting pot of children, and I'm sure you caught on that their names begin with A-E-I-O-U. And no, I did not catch that, but I did catch something else. A-E-I-O-U. You said there are five characters, but there's six. There are six that I find. <laughs> well, I guess this is about alphabet kids, not number kids. <laughs> yes, yes, Allegra Joyce has five real children uh, with their six here. So you gave, did you give them each a personality or did Allegra do that? Okay. Well, she and I collaborated, but, you know, in developing characters, you want them to be accepted and have children and families relate to them all over. So there's sort of a melting pot. So when we say that, Elena is Hispanic. She has a little bit of being Mexican, a little bit of being Dominican, a little bit of being from Colombia, you know, from Spain, et cetera. So they are a conglomeration of a bunch of different nationalities, but they really do have personalities. That's so great. I know I love the books. Each one, how many books are there? Well, there are seven books in the series, one book about each child and each character has a basically a moral tale we're talking about things not only their ethnic backgrounds and teaching some language but as an example allegra talks about ecology and saving paper isaac's story is very very cute it's about uh, responsibility and taking care of animals with yang it's called yang's new dance and Yang is respecting elders and also the importance of exercise and being healthy. So each one has a little bit. So of great. If people want to buy it, how do they do that? Well, they can buy everything online and they're available on wordy.com. W-O-R-D-E-E-E.com and wherever books are sold. Well, I have always been impressed by it. I was so happy to have my own series. I will tell you, Patrice, I work with Children's Playhouse, 
in South Philadelphia, and I gifted them your books. And they were so excited. I thought it was, I wanted to have them, but then I thought it's more important that children have them. And they were thrilled to get these books for the school. Well, that so. was very kind of you. And I would be very happy to go to the school to do a reading for the kids. And also, this has been translated into Spanish. And so if there are any bilingual children out there, and then we have lesson plans that are cross-curricular lesson plans for every book. So it's perfect in there for the teacher. Well, let's definitely talk about that. Okay. Okay. And then you are what is known as a triple threat. I mean, you're more than that to me. You're much more than just a producer, a writer, and a publisher, because you're also a developer of projects and a marketing person, and there's so much to you. How did you start your career? Believe it or not, I started my career as a photographer. I studied with a master photographer named Youssef Breitenbach, and I learned an enormous amount at the new school on how to see. Seems very simple. Oh, I love that. When I took art history classes in college, I learned about seeing because you can't paint and you can't photograph if you don't see that shadow or the way the light hits it. And I never heard anyone say that this way. So tell me more about that. You know, I really began to look at the world in a different way. And portraiture was really the thing that I was most interested in. Not studio portraits, but more documentary type portraits. And and then I studied filmmaking and sort of went on from there. But w- one thing that was very important to me in my career was having mentors. And I had people who really helped me along the way to learn my craft and you know develop my craft and of course I studied a lot of different things not only writing nonprofit marketing was very important you know I worked with a lot of corporations so you know it was an evolved career but my mentors really helped me and as a result of that I like to mentor young men and women or you know anybody who really even people not so young like me <laughs> But I want to tell you, because this is kid fun, I like to take what people say and suggest activities that people do with their own children who are listening. And when you talk about seeing, I like to play a game called what do you see? But it's not just anything. You could pick a category and it could be doors. You could be driving in the car and look for green doors, look for rooftops. What color rooftops do you see? But the more you build awareness in children of what they're looking at, it's not just, quote, black and white. There's so much more to see. You know, the way a shadow hits something. And seeing is also about listening to me and hearing. You know, don't just take something at face value. What did that person really say to you? You know, so much. I love to tell adults, If you share your favorite things with kids, you're giving them the best compliment because you're giving you to them. But somehow when you said that about seeing it, Berto, all these thoughts for me. And you do, you do see the world in so many different ways and you implement so many things in different ways. You know, when you talked about your book, Sharla, um, I think about that so much because not only did you put a lot into your book evolving over the years and, and, you know, your most recent book, The 401, Easy Ideas for Play, is that, you know, with electronic communication and smartphones and tablets, 
which absolutely have an enormous place within our world today. It becomes a singular activity, and it is really, for the most part, very flat. The world is a three-dimensional world. So if you get away from that screen, it's just really important, especially for kids. You know, it's great to give them a screen. It's the in a smartphone or a tablet for them to play with. But the creative aspect of things that are three-dimensional, whether it's with a very young child with a mobile or, you know, even a little box, a child opening a box putting something in a small box that it could be something that's obviously very, very young children, not something they could swallow, but the early toy of a jack-in-the-box is so simple but can give a thousand ways of seeing. So if you had just have a little box and put even a, a little you know, stuffed animal in there, there are all sorts of ways to enliven that for children. So You know, I endorse what you do and also say, be creative, look at things, you know, as adults. And I think we need to do that, too. In my book, Kid Fun, 401 Easy Ideas for Play, there's an activity about putting things in a box. Make a slit on it so that a child can put his hand in and feel it. You can't do that on a flat screen. Feel it. Is it a feather? Is it a stone? Is it a piece of felt? And talk about tactile stimulation and words and just play guessing games because it's fun. On that note, we're going to take a break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back with Patrice Samara and Kid Fun and More on the Word of Mom radio network. Get early access to Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank on digital today. Buy or rent the heroic animated adventure that's nonstop fun for the entire family. Michael Sierra and Samuel L. Jackson voice the hilarious comedy about an underdog samurai's journey to become top dog in a world full of cats. Rated PG from Paramount Pictures. She is brave, she is bold, she is you, and we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me, and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully, reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag. 
so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. We're back with Kid Fun and More with Patrice Samara. So, Patrice, you are a partner in a publishing company called Wordy, like we said with three E's, that happened to have published my book, Kid Fun. But how did Wordy get started? I don't even know that. Well, it's it's an interesting story. After I published Alphabet Kids, I did the launch of my books at a bookstore called U-Man Bookstore in New York City that was owned by Marva Allen. Mm-hmm. Marva Allen is an author, bookstore owner, and publisher. And Marva and I struck a very good working relationship. And over the years, we began to see how the publishing industry was changing. Uh, very much like the music industry, how the artists, the musical artists, and Taylor Swift is one of the first people who did this, wanted to take their music back from their record companies and take the publishing rights so they would have control of it. So Marvin and I really did a, a couple years study, really market research and study on what we could do to enlighten the publishing industry and make it more user-friendly to the authors, and create something which is a hybrid publishing company. So Marva and I did that together. She and I are partners. Marva is the CEO of Wordy, and I am the COO, the Chief Operating Officer of Wordy. And we have a really wide variety of books that we publish, memoirs and art books, children's books and both fiction and nonfiction. And it has been incredibly rewarding ride. And as any entrepreneur knows, it is a challenging thing to start a new business. We incorporated in 2015. So we're at our oh. seven-year mark and uh, very proud of, of all of our authors. And, and Sharla, as you mentioned, we are particularly proud of what you're doing because you embody what we had hoped is to have authors who are active, who look at what they're doing, and we give them the platform to utilize it. And then we cross-pollinate. We cross-pollinate with you know other authors and, and help you know, in in any way we can in in doing that networking. When you talk about cross-pollinating, it makes me think of my public relations business, which I have talked about on this podcast. What is so great about it for me is the diversity it brings to my life. I work with child-related organizations. I work with theaters. I work with a pianist who I interviewed Emiliano Mezies a little while ago. I worked with an aviation company with schools. But there's so much interest that I learn every day. And I can imagine being a publisher and the breadth of writers you work with. I mean, look what you learn. If every day I'm learning something. So I think of you that way. Now, if someone's listening and they want to start writing or they want to get a book published by you, what would you advise? Well, the first thing I would do is encourage anyone 
to write. I know that sounds very simple, but so many people have said, I've wanted to write a book. I've wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a book. So there is one very, very critical, essential foundation element. You take that pen and you put it to paper or keyboard, but you know, the proverbial put the pen to paper and start writing and think about your goals. You know, what, what are you interested in doing? Now, it should not really hinder you because, again, people think, keep thinking about it and thinking about it. So that first step of doing it is very important. And then get some guidance. Take a training course. When somebody starts writing, they shouldn't think about anyone reading it but themselves because then they get self-conscious. May How do I say it? Forget about that. Just get these words onto quote paper out of you so that then you look at it and then you think about it. Oh, I do have something here. And then you can, like you said, take a course in writing. There's a lot of books that give great advice. I, it's good to go to the Wordy website, W-O-R-D-E-E-E.com. But you also have writing classes. Don't you? Yes, we do. We absolutely have writers' workshops, and we absolutely we have one coming up that would be uh, very, very interesting for writers, no matter what their level of writing is. We have one coming up September seventeenth, two thousand twenty-two, and we have another one in November that's coming up on November 5th. And we do this continually. So, you know, people could come to our website whenever, you know, they happen to hear this broadcast. There are always workshops that we're doing. The other thing is, as you said, not to write for others, but to write for yourself. I want to encourage people because of their legacy. You know, stepping back and thinking about how do I want to be remembered? And that could be in the form of a memoir. It could be a form of a children's book, which is, you know, you generally much shorter than, you know, a, a general trade book. But there is so much, you know, it could be just a little idea that you have or something that your children, you know, like that you talked about. It could be cooking. It could be, you know, a little doll that they had. There are so many, so many things that one could write about. But, yes, do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. And really, as a legacy, what a wonderful thought that is, to give the gift of you to your grandchildren, to your children, to people who care about you is, is truly is a gift. And it's to the world. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, if one looks back, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why I say to people, when you said, I've wanted to do it, I wanted to do it, I said, do it now. I mean, who would have ever thought that we would have had a pandemic that would, you know, change everyone's lives? And I think we could all step back and say, carpe diem, if not now, when? Exactly. About everything. And you can write in all different styles. You might write a narrative or you might want to start by writing an outline. And just just getting thoughts out of you so that you're looking at them, you're rereading them. I have in my life, when I've had something troubling me at night and I couldn't sleep, I'd get out of bed, I'd just start writing. I don't even know what I was going to write about, but it's just words are easy for me. So I would just start writing and maybe I'd start with, oh, damn, I can't believe this is bothering me so much. And then I'd just start rambling. And by the end, I came to a conclusion and I could go to sleep. You know, it never failed. Charlotte, that's wonderful advice. And, you know, having a journal, a lot of people are, I found, 
concerned about writing because maybe they didn't learn anything about writing or feel self-conscious. You can also record things on your smartphone and that automatically gets transcribed. So sometimes it's easier to do that. You know, with literacy, especially with young kids, you want them to write, you want them, but I encourage people to do it however is easiest for them. But having a journal, you know, taking little notes, if you're doing it on a computer or uh, by hand, but, you know, just do it. And this is a great kid fun activity. I don't care how old the kid is. But if we get kids thinking about writing or dictating, just getting thoughts out of them, that will help them as long as they grow up. Okay, Patrice, your life has been amazing. You took an amazing journey this summer. What would you consider, of all the things you've done, your number one passion? Well, my greatest passion really is food. I'm a crazy foodie and a travel addict. I mean, my byline is passport ready, suitcase packed. But (laughs) in terms of, you know, accomplishments, I would say being a parent and a grandmother is absolutely beyond, you know, it's my greatest production. You know, I think winning some awards, you know, I, I, when I, the Emmy award was a big, a big one, you know, I've won, you know, quite a few different awards, but that was like a very big recognition for me because that one, I remember stepping back and saying, my name will never be the same. It was sort of like when a person becomes a doctor and you're Dr. So-and-so or, you know, DDS and, you know, it's so Emmy award winner. It, that was a great sense of pride and accomplishment for me. But, you know, with everything, um, my friends and family are very important and also giving back. You know, I'm involved in a number of uh, charitable activities and you know one that I'm very passionate about is uh, called the Bold Beauty Project pairing photography which is my first profession with uh, women with disabilities creating beautiful portraits so that's called the Bold Beauty Project and that's worldwide and one of the exciting things is you know there was a bit of a hiatus during the pandemic but now we have a very important show that's going to be an exhibition and installation in Los Angeles in 2023. So I want to just interject here because I met Patrice at an art show. We didn't know each other at all. I'm walking through this art exhibit and I see the Bold Beautiful Project. And what I see are faces that are glowing of people who have disabilities, but they look so proud of themselves and so happy because in this project, professional photographers give their time to photograph these people in a way they dream about. And I just started talking to this woman at the show who happened to be one of the exhibitors. And and it was you. And, you know, we were saying that networking and collaborating is so important. And we just liked each other, right? And six months later, we have lunch in New York. And I said to Patrice, so what else do you do? And she said, I'm a publisher. I said, oh, my God, I write books. (laughs) It was, I will never forget that. And here we are on my podcast related to my latest book published by you. But the fact that you wrote Alphabet Kids and your passion for young people was so impressive to me. And that bold, beautiful project is something I just adore. And on that note, I'm going to thank you for all your time, for everything you've done for me. And by the way, the Kid Fun Minutes that you and I produced together are part of the Word of 
Mom Radio Network. And Dory DeCarlo, who you introduced me to, uses them on several different programs. So they have a life thanks to you. Thank you so much. And my best to you, Patrice. May Kid Fun always be in your life, and I know it will be. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sharla. It's a pleasure being with you. You are a remarkable woman. I admire you and everything you do. And to your listeners, I just want to say, you know, it's a big world out there, and we have so much to give to kids, whether they're your kids or other kids. They are the future. So whatever you have to give them, whether it's a minute or you teaching them something or you're just giving them a Sunday school class, whatever you can do to help kids today, that's really important. Well, thanks again, Sharla. Oh, my pleasure. And on that note, please remember to share a laugh with the child in your life. Have a great day. On behalf of everyone here on Word of Mom Radio and the Word of Mom Media Network, thanks for tuning in to Kid Fun and More. We're going to close with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters Bluegrass. So, till next time, this is Sharla Felcher. And don't forget to visit my website, kidfunandmore.com, for activities, information about my books, and much more. She is sure. She is strong.